Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Hey, let's get into the series Under Construction. You got your worship guides there. There should be uh, some sermon notes in. You can pull those out or you can go on the YouVersion Bible app and you can download those there as well. Get out your Bibles and let's open them this morning to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, under construction. Under construction. Turn to Matthew 16, finding that. You know, after we talked about last week, we kicked this off and it's coming back from vacation, a little time of reflection, a time from inspection, maybe if you will, and kind of did a little self-evaluation, a little state of the union time for Chad. It's a time I do that all the time, uh, every year. Usually uh, we didn't get a chance to take a vacation last year, but this year we got a chance to go away for a week. And, and uh, usually, you know, I, I'm, uh, there are certain characteristics, and I think we're all like this, there are certain qualities that God has given us that can be great benefits to us. And if we're not careful, those exact same qualities can turn around and be some of our biggest challenges. And one of, my, one of my qualities is that I'm a pretty intense individual and to myself and, uh, and over situations. And sometimes that is a great advantage to me. <laughs> and sometimes it's a great disadvantage to me. And because I really think about things intensely and really drill down on high expectations for myself, and if I'm not careful, that can turn into high expectations for others and and it also can turn into a lack of appreciation for myself because I've got higher expectations than I can meet. And so then that can turn into higher expectations for others than they can meet. And it's just a big turn of events. I need prayer. So over, over the time, what happened, I began to evaluate and kind of intensely look at who I am as a person, as I am as a husband, who I am as a father, and who I am as a pastor, and begin to evaluate how am I doing in all of those areas. And let me just tell you, it was depressing. <laughs> it was a little bit of a struggle. As I begin to look at it, again, my standards are what I think it should be is higher than what I think I'm making, and begin to look at where we are as a church, and where we are, where I'm with my family, and where I'm with my kids. You know, got the second one moving off to college, and transition our life, and down to only three at home, and now the clock's ticking. I'm thinking, you know, they're going to be moving off, and am I parenting them well? You know, you put, you, you put the other ones out there, you put your second one there, and you're like, did I do a good job? Are they going to love Jesus, or are they even going to know who he is? Did I, did I show them what the Heavenly Father's like, or did I give them a bad example? You know, you, you put yourself out there, and, and so I began to evaluate. I was like, how's the church doing? I, and so it just, it began to be, it began, there was a perfect storm of criticism from the outside, from what some people were saying. It was a perfect storm where Ochad was spiraling downward to a place where I was beginning to ask God, is there something else you want me to do? Has... You know, we've, we've 13 years we've been pastoring here, and, you know, I'm, I come from a sports background, and, you know, coaches very rarely nowadays last a long time in one place. Why? Because in the locker room, their voice starts to become numb to people. And I begin to ask God, has my voice become numb here? Is it time? <laughs> Thank you. I got one supporter in the whole church. But I got, <laughs> just, I'm not looking for that. I'm just trying to lay the groundwork. So I begin to, begin to ask God, 
Lord, if I taken it as far as I can take it, is there somebody else to go to the next level? And, and, and I, I wanted to figure out what he was doing and, and what he's saying to me. And I, I just began to evaluate everything. I don't know if you're like that. Uh, maybe you look into God, where am I at in my life? Where am I at in what you've asked me to do? Am I doing what you asked me to do well? Am I going where you want me to go? And God began to speak to me about this verse. So I want to read this passage, Matthew 16, verse 13. It says, And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. One of the problems I was realizing that I was putting way too much voice, weight, into the voice of the critic, and not enough weight into the voice of my Creator. That I was giving way too much weight, so I was, I was set on embracing or engaging or thinking about the negative and if someone said positive I dismissed it yeah whatever but let's look at this one again over analyzing and this is what Jesus is saying what do, what do people say versus what do you say so he said who do, who do you say that I am Simon Peter answered and said you're the Christ the son of the living God Jesus answered and said to him blessed are you Simon Barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your heart. I thank you for your word. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to come and speak. Speak to me. Speak through me. That God, everybody watching online or here in the room, God, will know that you are a living God, that you are alive and well, that you have a purpose and plan for our life, that you want to speak to us right where we are. So God, we just lean into you and we thank you for what you're going to do today in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. amen. We talked about last week about three ways of Jesus building the church. He says in verse 18, I say to your Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. I will build my church. Three ways that we talked about. He's going to build it individually. That means in you. Jesus wants to build something in you. Not, not about anybody else. He wants to build something in you. Number two, he wants to build something with you. This is locally. This is the body, the local church, whether it be the Rhodes Church or any other local body of Christ. He wants to build something in that local body. And then third one's corporately. He wants to build something bigger than us. It's not just about us. He wants to build something bigger. So we talked about those three ways that he wants to build the church. And we talked about one of our Rhodes Church core values being we're building his kingdom. It's bigger than us. Now the word build is very important. The word build means to be a house builder or to make or construct by combining materials or parts to build up, strengthen, or establish. So Jesus is building our lives individually, locally, and corporately. And he's doing it by combining materials and supplies. How many knows that sometimes we don't always appreciate the materials and supplies that he brings in to help build us? <laughs> How many knows this? God doesn't always ask for our approval before he brings in some materials and supplies to build and strengthen us. We want to sign off on everything that's brought in to build us. We want to sign off on the materials and supplies and say, oh, no, I don't need that. Take that away. Oh, yeah, you can bring that. That will strengthen me. Uh, there's some things that God signs off on the materials and supplies that come into my life that I wish he wouldn't approve of because I don't approve of them. But the end result is still what he's after. He's not after your my approval. He's after us being strengthened and established. 
He wants to build you. He wants to build you up and make you stronger. He's not asking you for uh, your approval of his means. He's asking you for your involvement in the process. So this is what building looks like. I will build my church. So today, I want to break down three keys of building the church. Three keys. We're building off this in you, with you, and bigger than you. Number one, you'll see a pattern with these three keys. Number one is ability. Ability in you. Number two is availability. It's with you and others locally. Number three, sustainability. This is something bigger than you. Notice what I did here. Ability, availability, sustainability. I'm trying to make it easy for you to understand and easy for you to remember. Let's talk about these three keys to building the church. Because remember, this is the three keys to building you, to building me. God wants to build something in you as a person. He wants to build something in this church. Because remember, we talked about the church, building the church. Most people think about this building. I want you to think about what God wants to build in you. Because you are the church. The church isn't the place you go to. The church is who you look at in the mirror. The church is not a building that you attend. The church is who you are when you look up, get up in the morning and look in the mirror. Like, hmm, there's the church. That's what Jesus is talking about. The people make up the church. So let's look at the first one, ability. Everybody say ability. All right, look at 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to break down three of these. By the time you're done, I want you to know these three points on how Jesus wants to build this in your life. Number one is ability. 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each one has received a gift. As each one. Everybody say each one. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's the point. Number one, God supplies ability. Notice what it says. He says, as each one has received a gift, each and every one of us, everyone listening to me, you have received a gift from God. And he says, I want you to minister it to one another. What's the purpose of your gift? What's the purpose of my gift? To minister it to one another with the gift that God supplies. So God supplies the ability, with the ability which God supplies. So God has given each and every one of us an ability. You may not know the fullness of it, you may not know the full capability of it, but I want you to know you have abilities. Look to your neighbor and tell them they've got abilities. You've got abilities. You've got abilities. The word ability is important. It's the word iskus. Now the word iskus means this, possession of the qualities required to do something or get something done exceptional capability with the implication of personal potential strength might force or power notice what ability is when it says with the ability which god supplies point number one if we're going to build our lives we have to know that god gives us ability that word speaks to the possession of notice what it's saying the possession of qualities required to get something done not the hope that they will come Come on, hear me teach this. Are you with me this morning? The, this is talking about God supplies you. You are in possession of everything it takes to do what God's asked you to do. Possession of the ability. Possession of the potential. 
possession of the capability to accomplish what God will ask you to do. You are in possession. Tell, tell your neighbor, you got it. You got it. You're like, I'm tired of talking to that neighbor. Turn to the other one and say, you got it too. You got it too. You're in possession. But notice what this word ability speaks to, potential. Potential. Here's what the word potential means. It means achieve, or sorry, it means existing in possibility, capable of development into actuality. So existing in possibility, capable of being developed into actuality. So when we're talking about supply or ESCUS, this ability, this potential that God's given us, it's existing in possibility, but it's not necessarily mean it's going to be developed into actuality. Have you ever had someone tell you, boy, you've got great potential? You see some, some young person or somebody, boy, they've got great potential. Or maybe you hire on a job. It's a new job and you've never done it before. And they hire you on and say, hey, man, we, do, we see great potential in you. What does that mean? That means they believe you've got the ability in you to be developed into actuality, but it doesn't guarantee that you will actually do it. It just means it is there. You see this a lot of times maybe in young athletes that have great potential when they're young. Maybe they're, they're really good in grade school. And, and you see, man, they got great potential. But that doesn't guarantee they're going to be good as they get older. Because our goal is not potential. Our goal is to be potent. Can I get any help in here this morning? Our goal is not potential. You don't want to live by potential. You don't want to live by someone saying, oh, they've got great potential. I don't want to hear about great potential. I want to be potent. Because here's the difference. The word potent means actually achieving or bringing about a result. Ability doesn't always mean achievement. Because there's a difference in having potential to achieve something and actually achieving something. Even though the words are very similar. Potent versus potential. They're very similar in spelling. There's only three letters that are different. Potent, actually achieving something, potential, uh, the, the ability to possibly bring it into actuality. So a potent versus potential, only three, le three letters, I-A-L. You know what they stand for? I am lazy. I am lazy. And I don't mean that as an insult to you or me. I, I mean that as a fact. The only way we're ever going to reach potency in our life and, not, and just be stuck in potential is if we stop being lazy and do what God's given us to do. I can have all kinds of potential in my life, but I will never accomplish what God's wanting me to do with the abilities he's given me as long as I am lazy with what he's given me. We can sit around and say, well, I should, I could, I should, I would. And someday in the sweet by and by, you'll look back on your life and you will look at what really matters and you'll say, I could have done so much more. I should have done so much more. Why? If we weren't lazy, we could accomplish more with the abilities God's given us. He's given us iskus, potential. But the problem is, too many times he gives us iskus, God's abilities, and we give him excuse. You see what I did there? I came around from behind. You didn't see me coming. See, he, he gives us excuse. I'm just saying it's what I do. He gives me excuse, God ability, and I'll give him excuse on why I can't. It's like, it's like the, uh, the, uh, the, guy, the parable in Matthew where the guy came and he gave the talents out. He gave five to one, gave two to one, gave one to another. It says he gives them, he gives, oh, here it is on the screen. He gave 
to each one according to his own ability. But I like it in verse 14, it says, he delivered his goods to them. Remember that. He delivered his goods, his abilities, each according to his ability. And he comes back. He goes on a journey. He comes back, and he wants to see how things went. I gave you five talents. I gave you two, gave you one. What would you do with them? What would you do with what I gave you? What would you do with my goods? Comes back to the one with five. One of the five got his chin up and said, hey, hey, you gave me five. I brought you five more. I got ten. What up? Double. Huh? So then goes to the next one. Say, I gave you two. The one that two didn't cry. and say, you only gave me two. Which why didn't you give me five? You ain't me, you gave two. He said, hey, you gave me two. I've doubled it. I got you four. Notice they both did the same thing. They both doubled what God gave them. But then the one, look what happened with the one. He comes to the one, and one of the ones, verse 25 says, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. I hid your talent in the ground. He didn't hide his talent in the ground. He hid God's talent in the ground. What are we doing with God's ability that he gave us? Are we hiding it because we're afraid? Are we hiding it because we're afraid of what other people will think? Are we hiding it because we're afraid of the acceptance we will or won't have from others? It's not your talent, it's his. His ability in you. He said, if you're going to build yourself, build a church, you've got to realize God's given you ability. It's in you. But now we've got to do something with it. We can't be afraid. He says, look what happens when you hide it. His Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You know, in, in, in comfy church language, we would say, well, that's okay. You only got one, poor thing. I understand. You just didn't want to lose it, so I understand. That's not what Jesus said. Call him wicked, lazy servant. Difference between potent and potential. I am lazy. That's not doing to push us all down. It's to let us know that God's given you a talent. He's given you abilities on the inside, and he wants you to do something with them. Okay, all right. So now, this God gives, don't hear, let me say it this way. Don't let your excuses rob you of the potential of your excuses. The talents, the abilities that God's put on the inside of you, don't let your excuses rob you of the potential. Come on, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, no more excuses. Tell your neighbor, no more excuses. No more excuses. I've got God's ability on the inside of me. God's ability. It's his talent. It's not yours. It's his ability. It's not your ability. It's his ability. You're not measuring the success of your life based on your talents. It's his abilities on the inside of you. Don't measure your potential based on what you can reason in your mind. Measure them based on the God that's on the inside of you. So point one is ability. I've got abilities. Number two. Number two is availability. Availability. Look, Romans chapter 12. It says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we are, we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Oh, let me tell you, just because you're in a body, not everybody has the same function. We're not supposed to be the same. Here's some encouragement to me. Chad, you're not supposed to be like everybody else. Stop trying to measure yourself against everybody else. Let me encourage you. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. We don't all have the same function. 
Stop disqualifying the ability within you because it doesn't look like somebody else's ability. Comparison is robbing us of our accomplishment. It's robbing us. Why? Because we're looking around saying it's not like somebody else's. But he says, listen, you don't all have the same function, function so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Look at, look at verse 6. Listen, having then gifts, so we got them, we got abilities, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So you got them, what are we supposed to do with them? Use them. Use them. That word available means present or ready for immediate use. How many has ever prayed, God, use me? God, use me. God, just use me in this situation. Do you know what available means? That you're present and ready for immediate use. That means when God needs you, you're available. When he needs his gift, remember what's in you is his goods, his talents. Do you know why God gives us gifts and talents? So they're available when he asks for them, not when we tell him it's okay. God doesn't give us gifts and talents, doesn't give us abilities so that he can ask us permission. All he wants is say, hey, Chad, I need what I put in you over here. Yes, sir. Available, sir. That's how he wants us to operate because we realize it's not ours, it's his. But we think it's ours to hoard and protect. And he says, wait a minute, that's my talent. I, that's my ability that I put inside you. I want it to be available when I need it, not when you think it's okay. So he's asking us, is his ability available for our use? It's his ability without availability is no good to us. He can give us gifts and talents, but if it's not available when he's ready, we're going to miss out. Look what he says to do. Let us use them. Acts 13, 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. For the, for the, for the, for the, whoa, 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 for the, whoa, 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 for the, say it with me now, for the work. Do you realize God's called us to work? Woo! Called us to work. God hasn't called your gift and talents for your convenience. He's not, he's not giving you abilities for your convenience and for your comfort. He's giving you abilities for you to work with. Go to work building the kingdom of God. Go to work. It should be work doing. And I was, It should just be fun. It should be enjoyable. Some of the greatest things I've ever accomplished in my life were the most work I've ever done. I'm not talking about works like great in, in the goodness of God or relationship with God. I'm talking about we got to put some effort into doing what God's given us to do. People, here's what's happened in the church. Some people are so works-minded that work has got such a negative name that now works, don't even want to talk about work. Everything's just free, and we, we've gotten off of we've got to work. Is there a balance? There's a middle road. We got, there's the strength of the grace of God that's not based on works. We've got works mentality that try and get right with God. It's not about that. It's understanding that by the grace of God, we will work diligently to do everything that God's called us to do. He said, listen, look at, let me give you another verse. Ephesians 4.12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Remember we talked last week about building project? You're either part of the crew or you're part of the crowd. This is what God is saying to us today. 
Are you a part of the crew or you're part of the crowd? Are you part of the building project? Are you available? Or when God says, hey, I need you to serve in the kingdom, I need to serve to build the church, not just the local church, bigger, I need to serve, well, God, I'm a little busy. You know, you know I can't this week, no, three, two, uh, next week doesn't look good either. How about three weeks from next Wednesday, I might be able to serve, no, no, that's not looking good either. No, I don't think, huh? are we available to do what God wants us to do when he wants us to do it? He says, I need you to be, availability, that's the second point. Are you available for God's use? Look, look, let's look at the third. The third one is sustainability. Sustainability. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Notice what he says. We are God's fellow workers. Fellow workers. We're working with God. For God to build something in you and I, we have to work with him. It's a collaborative effort. God's not going to build something in me without my cooperation. God's not going to build the local church without your cooperation. The local church is not going to become what it could truly become without the cooperation of everyone involved. That's what we got to get people out of the crowd and onto the crew. Too many people want to be in the crowd at the church and watch the building and receive the benefits of the local church, but they don't want to be on the crew and help build the local church. The only reason we have a great church is because we have a great crew. So get on the crew and make it even better. That's what God's saying. And we as a church, if we get a part of the big corporate crew, then look what God can do around the world when we incorporate with other churches and we can accomplish things greater than ourselves. So sustainability. You see, we're part of God's fellow workers. His field is building. According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work, listen to this part, each one, tell them, I'll call them right back, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Look at what happens. Here's what he's talking about. When we're working for the kingdom of God, all of our works says that the day will declare it. There's coming a day when we'll all stand before Jesus. It's called the judgment the, 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 the judgment seat of Christ. So this is for people who've accepted Jesus as their Lord. Followers of Jesus. There's coming a day when we'll stand before Jesus and will not be about entrance into heaven. Entrance into heaven is not based on your works. Entrance into heaven is a gift of grace through faith that we receive. This will be about our rewards on what we lived our life for. So the third point, sustainability, is... What you are building your life on it, will it sustain in the long term? Because here's what happens. In that day, it says all of our works will be brought before the Lord, and all of a sudden there's going to be this big fire. Whoosh. And if anything you've built your life on is wood, hay, or stubble, or things of the world, or things that don't matter to the kingdom of God, all those will be consumed. It says you'll survive, but all of your works will be burned up. In other words, there'll be no reward because I built my life on things that didn't matter eternally. 
says that day will reveal it. We can snowball down here. We can say, oh, I love God. I love Jesus. I come to church all the time. But what I'm truly building my life on, that day, His holiness, when we bring all of our stuff into the presence of God, His holiness will reveal the purity of everything we've done with our life. You can fake out people in the world, but you can't fake out God. So what he's asking is for us to build things in our life, if we will use our abilities and make them available, it will create sustainability in our life. So I want to build my life based on things that are going to last, things that are going to endure, things that are going to matter in the long term. And this is what he's telling us here in these passages. So in the, the word sustainability means maintained at length without interruption or weakening. Our work will be tested of what sort it is. So here's how God wants us to remember this. God's given you his abilities. The level that you make it available will determine how sustainable it is. Pay attention. This is something don't gloss over as a sermon point. Too many times God's given us abilities and talents and we think we need to protect our energy, our efforts, our whatever, and so we will not make things available when we should make them available because we're protecting us, because we're trying to make our energy more sustainable, but here is the trick. It's actually when we make our gifts, our abilities more available to Him, it creates more sustainability. When you unplug from building the kingdom of God, from serving and using your abilities and talents, you unplug thinking that's going to make you more sustainable and give you more energy. The opposite happens. The opposite happens. When we turn inward is when we start to go southward. It's when we pour out is when we get filled up. Yesterday we're having at the... Uh, uh, pack you back to school. Before the pack you back to school event, I, I prayed and I said, God, just give me one person that I can interact with that's going to be a meaningful moment. You know, there's a lot of great times, a lot of great handshakes, a lot of hugs, and, you know, it's great to see you, great to have you. And, but I just prayed for one that I'm like, God, I'm, you know, I'm one. So as we went and you're looking around and you're interacting with people, you're saying hi and you know, for those that like a social setting, I'm kind of on stimulus overload. I'm just loving all these people, and it's incredible. And they're going through their stations, getting their school supplies, and, and then they go and then go get back and get a free haircut, and then they can come around and register for a bike, and then they can go get their face painted, then they can come get some cookies or some lemonade. And so this one individual just kept sticking out to me. I just saw, introduced myself, hey, how you doing, and met him, and then to come to another station, I go in there to check on, and there they are again. I just said, hey, how you doing, what's going on, and come over here, and they're sitting, this time they're sitting at the face painting table, and I felt God drawing me to go over and sit down and talk to him. The, the dad was sitting by himself and the, the mom and the two daughters were getting their face painted and sitting by himself. So I come over and sit down. I said, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And, uh, you know, just hanging out. And I said, hey, what, what do you do? I'm just trying to make small talk. Where are you from? What do you do? You know, guy stuff. And, and he said, well, I, I used to be a welder. I used to do this, but I had a car accident. Somebody rear-ended me about six years ago and it hurt my back, caused me to have some cognitive issues in my brain and remembering things and and he said I've got a pain stimulator in my uh, or whatever it's called it, a thing that try to 
get rid of pain in the back, down the sciatic nerve. He said, I've got that. He said, I, I can't get around very good. I've been off work for almost six years. And I'm feeling my heart going, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, God, is this you? Is this the one? <laughs> is this the one or should I look for another? <laughs> this is probably not it. Let me move on. No. So I, I, I said, well, so I realized this was maybe the moment. So I said, hey, you know, we've, we've seen some great results for people that we've prayed for that, that God's touched their back. And I told the story of an, a friend of mine that was on disability, well, on back injury, and, and had a bunch of surgeries, but, but now they're working full-time and, and are doing, doing wonderful and, and told a little bit about that story. And, and that, that guy looked at me, he's like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And I said, would you, would you mind if I prayed for you? And he's like, sure, that's fine. And I didn't, know, I didn't know the guy at all before the event. And so I prayed for him and just praying for God to touch him, praying against the pain. And, you know, the, exactly what I said doesn't matter. I just wanted to engage what God was wanting to do. And so I said, what's the pain level like? Is it constant pain? He said, oh, yeah, it's all the time. I said, what, 1 to 10, what did you say it is? He, right now he said probably 7. I'm like, okay. So we prayed. I said, would you mind, would you, would you stand up for me? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Stand up. I said, hey, could you do me another favor? Could you just like move around and kind of test it out and see what he's okay he took a couple steps looked at me kind of funny <laughs> I said so what's going on I said no bull be, be straight with me it's not about me this is about you and Jesus you know your body I don't, I don't have any idea of what's going on he said well I said what is the pain di-? he said it's different like different how like Number, pain, what's it like? He said, probably a three. I'm like, well, evidently God's doing something. Let's pray again. So I prayed again. And, and I said, okay, now, now test it out. And so he's, I said, just, just walk around and see what's going on. He's like, starts, <laughs> starts walking around. He's like, getting, real, I mean, he's serious about checking it out. He keeps walking around and, and seeing this out. And I'm like, so tell me what's, what's going on. He's like, I can't find it. I can't find it. I'm like, so, I don't, I don't, what, what do you mean? He's like, I said, for real, don't, don't, don't try and impress me. This is not about me. It's about what is Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm telling you, I can't find it. And I'm talking to his wife, and I say, hey, so, so what's the story? She said, I'm telling you, it's been six years. And he has it. And he's looking at his wife, and, and if you could see the look on his face. You know how when you know a genuine moment, because people, he's looking at his wife, and he's going, I said, what, what's, what do you feel? He's like, my feet, my legs are light. I don't feel like I'm dragging them around. He's, he just kept picking his feet up like this. He says, they feel light. And I said, so what does it feel like? He said, I feel like I can do a backflip. And I just began to say, you know, buddy, this, you know, the big thing is, is your back isn't even the big thing. The back is a sign to you that Jesus loves you and he wants to do something in your heart and God gave me some things to speak over his life and he walked out of there totally different than how I met him not because I did anything because I was available here's what I want to encourage you with God's given you abilities all he's asking you to do is be available we put all the pressure on ourselves like we have to do something it's not about you 
It's not about me. It's about connecting them to Jesus. In that moment, I realized, well, I can't do anything for you, but I can allow you to do something in me. So God, just flow through me. So will you help build the church? Will you get on the crew and be available to let your abilities flow and create sustainability in your life? Because I promise you this. I know this. It was confirmed even more. I get juiced up helping others, speaking into others, watching him walk around like this. Nobody was prophesying over me. Nobody was praying for me. But with every step, I was like, <laughs> I was getting geeked up. Why? Because I was watching God work in someone else. This is what sustains you. It's not about me, me, touch me, prophesy to me, help me, free me up, I need more. No, work with others, pour into others. It builds you, it sustains you, it satisfies you. When you see God do a miracle in front of your eyes, it should stir you up. I told him at one point, I said, I just feel like straightening my back out, just watching you. You know what? And so then I come to another person, and I just ask for one. But God always does more. So when I went to the next person, you better believe I was expecting to pray for the next person. Once you allow God to use you, maybe it's just a conversation with a coworker. Maybe it's, I don't know what it's going to be for you, but all we're talking about today, three things. Number one, you have abilities. God put them in you. Stop saying you don't have any abilities, you don't have anything to offer. You have abilities put in you by God. Never doubt it. Never doubt it. It's his good. It's his abilities. It's his. It's not limited to your intellect. It's not limited to your talents. It's him in you. I didn't pray for that guy based on my abilities. I prayed for that guy based on the God that is within me. Number two, you have to make him available. Make him available. Make him available when he needs him. Not when you feel it's comfortable. Uh, this is not a convenient time for me right now. God's, I didn't ask for your convenience. I'm concerned about the guy at the face painting table. I could have said, well, God, you know, I just don't know. I don't want to be too aggressive. I don't want to come across, you know, too pushy. And I mean, he didn't ask for prayer. There's no prayer line. So, I mean, how do I know he wants prayer? Chad, it's not about you. I care about that guy. I want to do something. Are you available? Are you available? I want to touch him. You've got goods that I put on the inside of you that I want to give to him. Are you available? No, I'm afraid. Okay, you're lost. I'll use somebody else. Don't hide it for fear. You don't have anything to be afraid of. God's never going to abuse you. He may use you. He'll use you, but he won't abuse you. Number three, sustainability. Don't try to sustain your life based on your decision of when to use your gifts and talents. Be sustained by his ability. He's always going to ask you for more than you think you can give. Why? Because he's going to get more out of you than you think you can get out of you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.